Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, July 30th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. We will begin on the recruiting front. Jay Book, Ohio State's cookout last night. It wasn't that long ago we were making fun of Brady Hook for having barbecues, but because it's Ohio State, it's uh, it, now it's cool. And we're calling it a cookout, not a uh, barbecue. But we're going to start with, there's so many guys in town for the 2022 class, 23, 24. I'm going to ask you about Mainly two guys from the 2022 class and two guys from the 2023 class. Let's we'll start with the 2022 class. Kenyatta Jackson, number seven edge rusher in the country, number 60 overall player in the country out of Hollywood, Florida, six foot five, 230 pounds. Seems like it's about 50 50 between Ohio State and Clemson. I want to get your thoughts on him. And then staying on the defensive line in the 2022 class, Hero Canoe, six foot five, 293 pound defensive tackle, number 13 defensive lineman in the country number 80 overall player in the country in the 2022 class. What are your thoughts on Kenyatta Jackson and Hero Canoe? Yeah, just being able to get Kenyatta Jackson back up to campus uh, from Florida is big time right now. There's been a lot of smoke. I know um, uh, Brandon Dunn over on the Oklahoma board has said that he spoke to Kenyatta Jackson's father, and he told him that it was uh, probably probably an Ohio State and Oklahoma battle. I know the crystal ball has Clemson in there with Ohio State, but uh, according to his father, uh, Clemson's fading somewhat. I think Ohio State should be on commit watch right now. I would not be surprised if if we get a boom from Keanu Jackson, especially when he's uh, up there with Ryan Turner, his teammate, who's already committed to Ohio State. So just see that he's able to make it up here with it on his own dime with Ohio State having uh, – you know, if not leading, they're right up there with probably Oklahoma, Clemson, probably on third. And I, from what I've been hearing, Alabama starting to try to make a run to him as well. So if you can get him in the fold and then you can try to close with an eye white, that would be huge for Larry Johnson when it comes to getting premier pass rushers on deck again. And then Canoe. He's a big boy, 6'5", 293 already, still a high school kid. Man, I mean, I, I love this. I mean, and another guy, Larry Johnson is in on him. He likes Ohio State. Your thoughts on Hero Canoe? Great name, by the way. Yeah, it's hard to get a read where he's at right now. He's pretty much on this uh, visiting every college campus he can get to right now. Just two days ago, he was out at USC and then coming across the country, he stopped at Notre Dame to get a visit with them. Now he's, he's at Ohio State. He was, uh, you know, back at Ohio. He was once at Ohio State in October. So with him, he's going to take all of his visits. He's one that I can see with 
take it all the way to signing day. Ohio State is absolutely in the mix there. There's no crystal balls with him. That kind of tells you where his recruitment is at. No one really has a, a pulse on where he's leaning. So just to get him on campus, obviously you're going to roll out the red carpet for him and his teammates and his coaches, show him a good time at Ohio State. I do believe he's going to take some other visits coming up. But I, I like where Ohio State's at right now. They're setting themselves up to be in the battle. But I, I could definitely see this one going all the way down to the wire with Ohio State with more than a puncher's chance here. Like I said, a ton of kids were uh, on campus last evening for the cookout and still milling around this morning, I am sure. Let's move on to the 2023 class, the number one running back in the country, Richard Young from Florida was in town, probably still is. Peyton Kirkland, the number 11 offensive tackle in the country, another young man out of Florida in the 2023 class. What are your thoughts on Richard Young and Peyton Kirkland? Do you think either one of them or both will be Buckeyes? I, I really like where things are trending with Richard Young right now. This is two visits uh, all the way up from Florida for the number one running back in 2023 in the last two months. So he, he was up on campus for an unofficial visit in June. You turn around and get him back on the campus in July, uh, right before his season start. That right there speaks loudly to me. You, you hear a lot of these kids always talking about, you know, this team or that team. But when actions are taking place where he's paying his own way to come up to visit Ohio State two times in such a short amount of time for Florida, tells you that there's legit interest. He is a bona fide stud running back there. I think he's going to be one that, you know, I would not be surprised if he if he commits sooner rather than later. But with him, it's Florida. He's going to get his visits in. He's definitely interested in Alabama and Clemson there. Uh, so it's going to be a battle. But I like the way things are trending considering he's back on campus after – just being up here in June. All right, switching gears, not really away from recruiting because Quinn Ewers is still technically a recruit. But let's talk some Quinn Ewers. First time you and I have talked about this. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this Quinn Ewers stuff? Do you think he's actually going to uh, come up to Ohio and, and enroll early? What are your thoughts on this? It's, it's unbelievable, Dave. I mean, you look at where things are trending right now. This is going to be groundbreaking because if he follows, if he follows forward and end up, up in Columbus next week, it's going to set a precedent for other big time recruits. Local governments are going to have to change the way they view NIL because the last thing you want to see is high school football eroding. Having guys sitting out because they have marketing deals and endorsement deals and uh, you know declaring a class early, it, it really puts a bind on the coaches. I mean, you, and one says you're happy because you got the kid on campus and you no longer have to recruit him. But you're going to have to manage the personalities. You're going to have to manage everything that comes with that because the idea thought with, with yours is we're going to space him out uh, from the other quarterbacks. So we bring, we bring in Kyle McCord. We got CJ and Jack already on campus. And then you bring in yours uh, after a year of that. And, and it separates a year gap. Now you having all of those guys in the quarterback room at once, and it, it starts the time clock for Queen Ewers. And at that point, that's when you're going to have to really start having those tough conversations because there's no way Ohio State's going to be able to keep four quarterbacks, highly caliber as these guys, happy. Um, 
so for him, you know, I understand his 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 mind frame. I mean, if you're telling me if I'm 18 years old and I have the opportunity to go to college and make a million dollars, who wouldn't do that? I mean, I, the supposedly the endorsement deal is a, a soft drink called Holy Kombucha. I've never heard of it. It's some type of drink where he's being offered cash as well as equity in the company. Uh, I and to me, just because he's getting his name already attached to this drink, I had no idea who they were. So I looked them up and boom, that's marketing right there. A company who's trying to splash into the scene with, with this kid tells me that there's going to be a lot more deals coming up for Ohio State quarterbacks. And the good news for Ohio State fans is if, if your freshman quarterback can, can make a million dollars before he's even stepped foot on campus, you will not have to worry about quarterback recruiting ever again. No doubt about that. Now, uh, so much going on, man. There's so much going on. <laughs> recruiting, <laughs> the Quinn Ewers stuff, name, image, and likeness. Camp open on Tuesday. Let me ask you this, Dave. How do you think this dynamic is going to play in the locker room? I mean, when you have a, a true freshman coming in that's going to be making more NIL money than the entire team combined, who's ranked number three in the preseason, who just came off a national championship. How would you manage that? <laughs> I will say I'm hearing that um, it's not probably going to go through, not his not his money or anything like that, that Quinn Ewers is – the whole thing's probably not going to happen as far as him enrolling early at Ohio State. That's what a source tells me that I trust very much. We'll see about that. I do want to get your thoughts on expansion, though. There's so much to talk about, but your thought we haven't talked about this either. Your thoughts on Texas and Oklahoma. We talked about it last week when I didn't think it was really going to happen when the it, you know, news was starting to float out there. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, it looks like it's definitely going to happen. Your thoughts on Texas and Oklahoma, and what do you think the Big Ten will or should do? Yeah, it's, it's moving full steam ahead, it looks like, and the way things are going, uh, the SEC, they're, they're going to be rock solid, top to bottom, one of the, the best college football conference. And it's going to be a situation to where will Texas ever make the playoffs because they can't even win the Big 12. But they're, this is purely a, a money grab. And what I've read is the SEC is making a killing right down, right below the Big 10 when it comes to uh, money that's been thrown out to each school. But this move right here, they say locks in an additional $16 million per SEC school once they tear up the, the current contract here. And I think ESPN is heavily involved here. If you read uh, the Big 12 commissioner's letter and his statements, there, there seems like ESPN has been pretty much the puppet master with, with the SEC behind the scenes. And the, the thing that you have to look at when it comes to the 12-team playoff and expansion is how, how cutthroat the SEC commissioner is because when you when you go back and look at a lot of comments when it comes to the 12-team playoff negotiations, what people were saying was the SEC was a huge proponent of pushing for 12, whereas a lot of other conferences and people in that room, they wanted six and eight. Notre Dame and the SEC were the big ones pushing for 12. Well, they gave some concessions to allow the, uh, the group of five, like the AAC, those conferences to – you know, potentially get into the 12-team the playoffs. So everybody's like, great. Well, come to find out, 
the SEC commissioner was negotiating those terms, knowing that he already had Texas and Oklahoma in, in his back pocket. So for him, he's out there negotiating way ahead, you know, two steps ahead of everybody else. And the thing that really frustrates you is Kevin Moore wasn't even in the room. He wasn't even involved when it comes to the negotiations. So you had the SEC commissioner and Notre Dame's AD basically dictating how college football is going to run with the SEC commissioner knowing he's about to uh, blow up the Big 12 conference and he's going to have top to bottom the toughest conference. Because if you look at it, if the 12-team playoffs was in place this current year, the SEC will have Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and Texas A&M, four teams already in the playoffs there. Now you throw in Oklahoma, where does that leave? I mean, I understand it's going to be a money grab, but I also have to ask the question, is this going to be good for college football? Because what you're doing is you're turning this into potentially the SEC conference owned by ESPN. Everybody knows how much, how deep in bed the SEC and ESPN are in with each other and with ESPN essentially owning the 12 team playoffs, you know, with, with that selection committee show and everything and the rankings, you know, how, how much is this going to be manipulated? That's my question, because if you look at it, at it now, if an SEC team lose, they only drop two to three spots. And the argument is, well, they lost that game, but they're putting in the toughest conference in college football. If a big 10 team loses, I'm sure people can go out there and look at the data. They're, they're dropping way further down the rankings and have to work their way back up. So it, it's I'm, there's some shadiness going on, um, but I just think that the Big Ten needs to make some type of power move. In my eyes, I think the Big, the Big Ten needs to go out west. They need to broker some type of deal uh, with the Pac-12, not necessarily saying that they need to blow the Pac-12 up and take their top teams that was my initial thought, but as I'm reading, I'm learning about some type of deal that can go in place to where you can have the Pac-12 and the Big 12 merge, call it the Rose Bowl Conference, uh, have it into different pods or different sections. Uh, if you want to go that route with the uh, one versus one, uh, Rose Bowl, the Pac-12 champ and the Big, 12, the Big 10 champ playing in the Rose Bowl as far as a conference championship. I think that is something that a lot of people are starting to kick around. And then you can have that championship week where you're having another data point where the Big Ten number two is going against the Pac-12 number two. So I think there's ways that you can be creative to combine the Big Ten and the Pac-12 without necessarily blowing the, the whole thing up right now. Because the only way the Big Ten is going to catch the SEC is if Kevin Warren kicks in the door with a flamethrower and decides that he's going to uh, go cutthroat like the SEC and start trying to pluck USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington and really uh, taking it to the Pac-12. And I just can't see the Big Ten operating in that type of way. I know I put out a tweet uh, last week where I said that at the end of the day, the Big Ten is making a significant amount of money compared to everyone else. And if you're going to bring someone else into the conference, you have to ask yourself, will this help the bottom line? Teams like Kansas and West Virginia, they don't move the needle. And uh, to my surprise, Gene Smith actually retweeted that. So that kind of tells me where 
he's at with that in Ohio State is <laughs> we're not just going to bring teams in just because we need to expand because we're making a boatload of money. They're going to be renegotiating their TV contract. There's a lot of speculation that Fox is heavily involved with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 right now. So that's why I think there will be some type of uh, merger, not necessarily conference uh, joining one super conference, but having some type of joint agreement with the Pac-12 when it comes to scheduling. Fantastic insights from Jonah Booker. Great stuff, Jay Book. Really appreciate it. Thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that as well. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land.